Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to the deep dive today. I'm joined by Josh Williams. We're going to be talking about Kurt Jones and how he benefits massively from Klopp's new system. I got a little clip uh, from Jürgen talking about Kurt Jones after the game against West Ham. So we'll roll that now. Yeah, Kurt has had a super difficult season this year. So it started with a freakish injury. And it happens to young boys, but he's actually he was on the edge of being not that young anymore to get these kind of things. Um, so we had to deal with him super carefully. He was out for a long time, then we could start training again, but only a session here, then recovery again, a session there. So you cannot build up anything. From the moment on, when he was allowed to train properly again, it was looked step by step really good. And since he is uh, fully fit and match ready, he plays now and he's doing really well, to be honest. So he set the tone again today with the first counter-pressing situation. Super important that he's a good footballer, we all knew. Um, that he has to improve, we knew as well, he knows. Um, but it's a really good moment, a really good moment, super helpful. Helpful. This team is, is set up now um, for their defending readiness, for their defensive readiness, let me say it like that. There's a ticket into the team. That doesn't mean the other boys don't do that, but the, these guys now, they, they do it like, if you want, like animals. It's really, I like that, how we chase the ball again and these kind of things. On top of that, then we are able to play, obviously, um, quite good football and, um, and Curtis is involved in that as well. Absolutely. And so as you can see there, Jürgen talking about Kurt Jones after the West Ham match. Um, he talked about the ticket into the side being how you sort of win the ball back. And, mm. you know, that sort of says to me that Kurt's a bit of a pressure monster. He spoke earlier on in the week before the West Ham game about how um, he to get into this side, you need to be able to press high from the front and stuff like that. He's backed that up in post-match. Um, and, and he's specifically talking about Kurt Jones and what he's been able to do. So I thought it would be interesting to take a little look at Kurt and, you know, discuss how this system sort of suits him. Um, so before we dive into the numbers of, of his game against West Ham and, and what he's been able to do from that sort of advanced eight position, how do you think overall he's getting on in this sort of new position? Well, I think it, it definitely benefits him. I think Klopp's spot on. I think his game against West Ham was arguably the best of the four so far, I think. And um, it, it allowed him to showcase his best skills. Whereas I think previous seasons, the, the typical 4-3-3 that we've been using, he's typically been deployed on the left of the three. And that role has been a bit two-way, going up and down the pitch in all the thirds. Um, it typically involves like controlling things and stuff like that, like Thiago and, and Wijnaldum keeping the ball a lot and not being too expressive and 
not really getting in the final third and delivering with goals and assists and stuff like that. Whereas now, obviously, the eights, Klopp actually described in his pressure, he described his eights as tens in the, in the Forest pressure after the game. And he described these two lads as sixes, that, that, that Trent and Fabinho as sixes and, and two tens higher up. So Jones is essentially being deployed as an eight without the ball, but a ten with the ball. And we know he's got a bit of a background as like a forward and things like that. We know he's quite skillful and stuff, close control. So I think naturally he's just now doing things that he's better at and more comfortable at. And the stuff that he's maybe not so, so natural at doing, he's allowed to pass those duties on to the likes of Trent Fabinho, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that I sort of mentioned pre-match um, before the game against West Ham, I'll, I'll take your opinion on this, I just wonder whether we've got anyone else that can play that position at the moment. I think, mm. you know, before the game, I was always saying, I think Thiago can do it, to be honest with you. I was surprised when he came on on the right-hand side in, in, in sort of this position. But Thiago's a great player, and if you can play this position, you can play this position. But I just wonder whether he gives us a little bit more in terms of the press at the moment than maybe someone like a Thiago. Or is it clearly just Thiago's coming back from injury, you don't want to take risks with him. Do, do you think this is Kurt Jones' place until the end of the season? Or do you see at some point maybe Thiago taking that role over or, or somebody else? No, well, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of Thiago. I think Thiago's a brilliant player. But in terms of the way this system works, I would have no no issues if Jones was to, depl- to be used in that role for the rest of the season, really. I think if Thiago is going to play anywhere, it probably is where Jones is or where Fabinho plays. But then in certain situations, that means Thiago would play as the lone six at times, and I don't really like the thought of that. So I think Thiago's obviously probably a better player, it's safe to say. But Jones is just more suited to this system and I think he's a lot more energetic, a lot more of a runner in comparison to Thiago, who's a bit more of like a build-up merchant and gives you control and things like that. So, yeah, I think Jones has been a natural pressure uh, defensively and obviously the bank of five at the front allows you to do that with the bank of five behind, giving you the, the safety net, if you like. Um, but yeah, really well suited to what he's doing at the minute and I think he's he's rightly keeping Thiago out the team, yeah. Were you surprised that he started again last night? And were you surprised, just sort of generally speaking, that he only made one change and it was an enforced change, Canate for Joel Matip? You know, after going what four or five five games maybe with pretty much a, a settled lineup, mm. then a midweek game, and then I was thinking he'll bring a few changes, and yet he didn't. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I wasn't overly surprised that Jones stuff. I thought if he was going to have a change, it'd potentially be Henderson, who's like thirty-two, or. Maybe a Gakpo or a Jota, but Jota's just scored, I think, two during, during the weekend, to be fair to him. So I wasn't that surprised that Jones played, no. What about you? I was surprised that Henderson played. I was surprised that maybe Fabinho, although there was never anyone really to take Fabinho's position mm. unless you wanted to throw a James Milner I mean, in there or something like that. Henderson could, could technically do it, and then you could maybe bring an Elliot out here. I'm not sure why Elliot's not getting the game. I think, I think it's because Henderson provides you that sort of little bit more defensive stability over there. And I was sort of saying this last night, that when you put Kurt in there, I just don't see that you can play Elliot there at the moment. Like, if you were to play Henderson there, I think you could play Elliot there. But I don't think that's a role really suiting. But you know the profile of player? I just don't think if we're going to play this, we just don't quite have the right pieces to be able to sort of do it consistently and rotate at the same time. Yeah. Is that because Elliot's a, a bit of a kid then? No, it's because he's a bit of a attacker more than anything yeah. else. Rather, you know, I I think it's probably over exaggerated that he he does work hard for the team, mm. um, but I just feel like it's a little too 
much this way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. Um, I, I actually think he probably could do it, but I understand what you're saying in terms of, like, that right side is still kind of being targeted. Um, and even more so now he's vacating the space even. Yeah. I think we'll I, find that. We were we were lucky last night that, you know, um, was it Ben Rahman was over there. He, yeah. he just doesn't quite have the pace of some of the players that we've been coming up against recently. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Henderson, it's nice to have him in there just purely for the for the experience factor almost. Like I think if you look at Bayern Munich sometimes, just having Thomas Muller in the, in the press can kind of help how it's kind of arranged in the moment live in yeah. action just because of how experienced he is doing it and how vocal he is. I think Henderson, I mean, if Klopp's labelling these two as sixes and these two as tens, we know Henderson's not a ten. Yeah. So he's not naturally suited to it, but in terms of the press, which is what Klopp's referenced there as this, as you take it into the team, Henderson's always been a natural with that sort of stuff, so maybe that's why he's playing all the time. Okay, well, we'll take a look at some of the match stats from last night. I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about was his, his pass completion over not just last night, but over... You know, a couple of mm. games, but you can you can talk past completion. Kurt Jones across his entire career. I mean, yeah. I was looking at the numbers on FB Ref, and it's I think the average over his six seasons or something is 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 just ninety percent, which is outrageous. But then when we look into this match specifically, I mean, he's playing in a very advanced role. You'd expect his pass completion to come down because yeah. of that, and yet he's still able to keep it at a very high level, isn't he? Yeah, well, I'm always mindful of talking about pass completion because it sounds so beige, doesn't it? It sounds like really vanilla start, and it is. But it does offer an insight into certain elements of the game. And if you think of where he's playing, as you say, he's in the final third. He's constantly got pressure around him. But because of how often he's keeping the ball, he's basically offering Liverpool elements of what Firmino offered in terms of like basically gluing the final third, sticking things together and stuff. And I think it specifically helps because this lad over here is Jota. Lately, I mean, he loses the ball relentlessly, don't he? I mean, it's, it is very frustrating at times. So having, having Jones next to him, who's kind of the opposite of that, I think is benefiting the balance of the team. Over the course of Liverpool's past two games now, Forest and West Ham, 115 passes, seven losses. Wow. He's lost the ball seven times in his last two games. So, you know, that, that emphasises just how much he is keeping the ball. And I think it's important sometimes, especially with Gakko, Gapo trying to be the next Firmino. The fact he's getting help from these two lads, but specifically Jones when it comes to keeping the ball, it's it's. I think it's benefiting Liverpool and how how we are kind of sustaining these attacks. We're posting more possession than we've ever posted really in some of these games. So, you know, I think I think Jones is having a big influence on that. Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at some of his, uh, as I say, some of his stats. Then his forward passes over over the course of the match. You know. Completed 12 of 13, back passes 11 of 12, and, and lateral passes 24 of 26. Now, these are these are obviously good stats. Good to see that he's playing more forward passes than backwards passes as well for someone in that position. Mm. You know, quite a lot of lateral passes, of course, but it doesn't always work out for you on a football field, does it? Um, and I think the other thing is he was contesting a lot of duels last night. You know, he, he wins 12 of 27. It's not a great win percentage, only 44%. And, and I noticed, I think we'll come on to this a little bit later, he tended to win his duels when against midfielders and attackers and he kind of lost his duels against defenders, which you kind of understand, I suppose, in that the defenders are defenders for a start and 
you know, big athletic types of players and stuff. But won five interceptions on the night and he created three chances, which was the most of anybody um, in yesterday's performance against West Ham. So I think the stats on the on the surface of things look really good. The eyeball test told me that he had a good game as well. You know, I was particularly impressed with with him there, and um, yeah, is there anything that you picked up in the stats that you want to talk about? Yeah, well, obviously we've just touched on there the fact that he kept the ball and initially only lost the ball. I think two passes, I think according to Watson numbers. Um, but then in addition to that, he he posted the most or the joint most progressive passes on the night as well, along with Matip, and obviously Matip is playing here with the whole of the pitch ahead of him. Yeah, can really move the ball forward. Jones is already playing quite advanced. So for him to post, I think it was eight progressive passes on the night, as well as like a really strong pass completion. I think it just shows that he's, he's had a really good night, essentially, when it comes to keeping the ball for Liverpool, but also moving it forward. And on the defensive side, as you've just mentioned, again, if we, if we use Opta, he, he made seven tackling interceptions on the night. Again, joint most for Liverpool alongside Fabinho. Um, so keeping the ball for Liverpool right up there, Progressing the ball for Liverpool right up there and regaining the ball for Liverpool right up there. That's what you want. For and this is what we're talking about, that pressure monster, isn't it? It's not always pressure. Sometimes it's just winning the ball through an interception or whatever, yeah. but like, he's winning the ball back as much as our DM from a 10 position. Yeah. And that's exactly what Klopp sort of was alluding to in his press conference clip that we showed earlier. I'm going to look at some of the distribution stuff as well, because um, I always find this fascinating, to be honest with you. And, He's played the ball to Andrew Robertson 13 times on the night. Fabinho, 15 times. They were the top two that he's played the ball to. He received the ball from, from those guys a lot as well, the top two that he's received from. What I find interesting in this, though, and I think it helps to paint a picture, is that um, for Diogo Jota, he passed to him six times. For Diogo Jota's replacement, uh, Luis Diaz, he passed to him four times as well. And now Diaz was only on the pitch for a third of the game. So essentially, if you mm. sort of add those two numbers up for the left winger, he's actually played the left winger in just as much almost as his left back and his, 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 his centre midfielder, which is, again, painting that picture. If it's not just Robertson and Fabinho, the left winger comes into play as well and he's trying to link up with him. And maybe, I know it's only a small sample size, but maybe it offers something that he actually understands Diaz a little bit more, which would make sense. He's been around Diaz a little bit more. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, well, again, I think it comes back to the, the fact that f- for me, really, Joss is not too much of a link player. I think Joss is kind of almost a bit Nunes in terms of being the tip of the spear, put the ball in the net, that sort of stuff, real penetration. But when it comes to like linking in slightly deeper areas, I think Jota is a little bit rough around the edges with that, but, and that's why Jones, in his in his kind of vicinity, really helped them out. He's obviously linking with Diaz a tiny bit more. I think Diaz is a little bit more like that, isn't he, in terms of linking with others and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think Jones in this area in particular was kind of like he was almost doing a little bit of a Grealish. I felt in terms of holding the ball for quite a long period, playing with it with his feet and stuff like that, and almost attracting oppon- opponents too. And by doing that, you then create space for Robbo, you create space for Diaz. Um, it's almost like that gravity that he's got. Um, as I said, Grealish has got some players who are just really difficult to dispossess. I've got it. And Jones has started to showcase that the past couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And the dual side of things, this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, for anyone listening, I'll try and describe this as, as best I can. For anyone watching, you can obviously see the graphic on your screen. Now, the X's are, are lost, losses and the, and the circles are wins. Um and you can see he's he's lost a lot of jewels. Uh, there's no there's no way about it. He's lost 15 jewels and, and he's won 12 of them. Um, but the important ones, the ones in in and around our penalty area, he wins every one of them. Mm. Um, so there's three there that you can see. Um, and if you look at it by player as well, he, listen, he loses out to Suchek a lot. Big, strong centre midfield. I kind of wouldn't expect him to win in those jewels. But he wins against Bowen. Wins against Paqueta. Uh, he comes off. You know, pretty much level with with Declan Rice wins against Ben Rama, um, so I think there, you know, you wanted to see it a little bit better, um, but he's he's winning duels all over the pitch, isn't he? Yeah, well, what I'd say about that as well is, okay, it looks like he's lost a few, but what what that doesn't kind of offer an insight into is if the ball was like regained by somebody else mm-hmm. in the seconds after. So if he's contributed to an overall positive counter press, yeah then it doesn't only matter if he's lost one or two duels because he's putting himself out there to go and regain the ball anyway, which, is which as Klopp is saying, is to take it into the team. So what that says to me above everything else, really, is that he's he's, he's very, very active at the minute on the defensive side of the game and um, helping Liverpool regain the ball regularly. Absolutely. Uh, we'll move on then. We'll talk about his on-field actions and his passes. And, and this kind of paints a picture of where he is on the football field. And, mm. you know, we've broken the graphics down into first half and second half. And I think one thing I can I can see first half and second half, and again for listeners, I'm going to try and describe this, is that he does a lot more work on the left-hand side of the field, closer to the, the byline in the first half. Than, and he's a little bit... He's still averages more on the left-hand side, but he's a little bit more central in the second half. And I just wonder whether that is maybe to do with having Louis Diaz in the side in the second half. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, as we've said, Jones is comfortable when he's playing as a forward at times and, and stretching the pitch and stuff. But I think ideally you want him a bit more a bit more inside, really. And I think Jota maybe coming inside forces Jones outside, whereas Diaz is maybe a bit more of a winger than Jota is, so it forces Jones inside. But the bottom line is he's, he's really versatile and adaptable enough to do whatever he's asked to do, really. Yeah, absolutely. And the passes side of things, is there anything that you sort of pick up on the, on on that one? Yeah, well, what I thought was their interesting with the passing, specifically in the first half at least, is there's almost nothing in our own half of the field. Mm. And that I think that, above all else, pretty much captures 
the dynamic of this new role and how it is basically you're a number 10, final third, middle third, at best. Stay away from the build-up almost and deliver in the business end of the pitch, right? basically. Whereas previous seasons, our number eights have been completely both way, all over the pitch and stuff like that. So that was one thing that really jumped out for me. Like, Yeah, I wonder whether... Yeah, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? When you when you say it like that, it's not something that I picked up on, to be honest with you. I mean, lots of blue arrows compared to grey arrows, which is, again, <laughs> obviously completions versus yeah. incomplete passes and stuff. And again, second half, it's slightly different. But the the big thing for me, again, is kind of like his actions on the field. And it's obviously coming from his actions on the field, but it's very left-hand side. We say it's a 10, but if I use the board to sort of... Say, this is the area of the field that he is dominating at the moment. Uh, and, and that obviously opens up opportunities for Jota to go inside. As you say, second half, maybe it's a bit more. Uh, Diaz is out here and Kurt Jones is a little bit more in here and back. And they, these things are, are fluid at the moment with Liverpool in this formation. I do feel like we are getting to that sort of total football sort of, well, he moves in and he moves across and they do this and, and, and all that type of stuff. And I really like that. Yeah. And, and you could see that. I think we've seen that against Forest when Nunes comes on. It just changes the dynamic of the front three at the moment. And I think you can do that with a Diaz for a Jota, just changes. You could do it with a, you know, as I mentioned, a Gakpo for a Nunes. You probably couldn't do it with, without Mo Salah at the moment. But we've got a lot of options. And, you know, just to get back onto, onto Kurt Jones then uh, for a little bit. I've been saying for the last few weeks here that I thought his ceiling at Liverpool prior to this run was a good squad player. Mm. I didn't see him as a centre midfielder that plays week in, week out for a Premier League winning side. Mm. I don't know whether I've changed yet. Mm. I probably haven't, <laughs> to be honest with you. But he's given me pause for thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, w I would be inclined to agree, really. Um, I haven't been one of them who's been pushing the fact that he's a sellable asset and he, and he can raise funds for us. I've been a bit more inclined to be patient with him basically because he's still a, he, we have to remember he is only 22 still and um, if you look at some of the game's top top talents and how they've developed that the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona in particular come to mind they don't really tend to come on the scene until the likes of 22 and like Iniesta was a late bloomer mm. things like that so um, we've given Jones time he is 22 now he at the point now where you probably want him to start playing a bit more but I think crucially if you give him the right role he can prosper basically and th this role is very well suited to him so if we are going to keep this moving forward I don't know if I, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I, if I would be comfortable with him starting 38 games of a Premier League season in that role I probably would uh, Do you think but, Liverpool can win a league if he starts 38 games in a league season? It's a tough question that really is what do you think? Probably not not based on this season and the, and the pieces that are around him to be honest. See, see, if I'd never watched Liverpool before and I'd watched our last four games, I don't think I'd be identifying that as any kind of limiting department mm. or li limiting area of the team, do you know what I mean? Um, I do think he's potentially better than we all realise because he is a academy graduate and we have seen the years before where he's been developing and we've seen like the, the improvements and stuff like that, whereas usually Liverpool would sign a 22-year-old and all that development to get done at Ajax or somewhere like that. Um, so it's, it's really difficult to determine the ceiling. In terms of like the the kind of player I can see him morphing into, I do think Grealish is probably a good example um, in terms of like the 
the skills and, and things like that, carrying the ball, attracting players, good in tight spaces, quite physical as well. He's like six, six one or something. Is he Jones? Yeah, um, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I think he's got a high ceiling. I really do, but it's it's difficult to determine just how good he can be at the minute in terms of like actually impacting wins, like fully winning the game on his own almost. Just check up here, he's six, six foot and a half an inch. We'll round that up for you, Kurt. Uh, you're six one. Um, just uh, on, on some of the FB ref stuff, obviously it's good to look at his scouting report on FB ref compared against midfielders over the last year. Um, he's in the top 95 percentile uh, for progressive carries during football matches. He's in the top 99th percentile for touches in the attack and penalty area. Uh, he's in the top 90 or top third, sorry, top three percentile, I should say, top one percentile and top eight percentile. So top three percentile for passes received, um, 5.94 per 90 uh, progressive passes received. He's also ranks really highly in, there's a couple more down here, pass completion is crazy. Uh, it's really high. Um, and there was a couple more. Oh, shot creating actions, top 3%. Um, top 1% in goal creating actions um, for a midfielder. So this is sort of painting a picture of a lad that if you get him into these areas, hmm. good things kind of happen. Yeah. And he wants to move those balls forward. Yeah, that, that's literally the, the, you know, the, the data profile of the kind of player you would want for this. You would want a player who, who does get into the box, creates opportunities to score, Ideally, keeps the ball, carries the ball, can dribble, doesn't lose it very often, um, close control. I think going back to that passing map as well that you touched on, one of the one of the other things that I noticed in that is a lot of his passes are just really short, just like little one twos, little one twos, and that like five side stuff. And you, you do need that when you're in the final third because of how busy it is. So I do think he's he's really well suited to what we're doing at the minute. I've enjoyed watching him. I think he was probably. Alongside Gapo and Trent, up there with Liverpool's best players against West Ham, and um, yeah, I th I'd go as far as saying if he if he didn't start the next game against Spurs, I'd be disappointed. Okay, um, just before we go then uh, on this one, we got some similar players that FB Ref links towards. Uh, Bernardo Silva is number one. Flavian Tate from Ren is number two. Nicola Borello. Uh, Barella, sorry, uh, Ilkay Gundogan, Alexis McAllister, Luka Modric, Gavi, uh, Rakitic. These are all names that if you, you know, for, for most of these lads, if Kurt Jones becomes the player that those some of those lads are, yeah. I mean, that's a, that, that's a good list of players to be compared to. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, though, I don't know about you, but I, I can actually see it with some of them. I can see it with Bernardo Silva. I just a right-footed version. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, I say, when, when I say, <laughs> when I say, I can see it as well. I don't mean as in like he's not as good as he. No. He's not as good as them. No. But I mean, I'm talking stylistically and potentially if you're talking ceilings, I can see Bernardo Silva in him. I can see Alexis McAllister in him. To an extent, a Gavi, but even though Gavi is obviously a lot younger and special, um, but he's he, he's definitely got a really interesting skill set, really, and. Uh, Klopp's been a bit reluctant to almost create a role for him in the past because we've had a Thiago or a Wijnaldum on that side. We've had a Henderson on the opposite side who just never comes out the team. And we've had a Fabinho with the six. But I think now in this system, he's kind of accidentally fallen upon a role that, that does really suit his, his qualities. And I think we're seeing that. It's, it's funny how things work. It's like, look at Xabi Alonso, for example. If you, if you to ask Xabi Alonso to play as a industrious number eight up and down the pitch you're not going to see the best of Shelby Alonso if you ask him to hold the fort and to, to take the game then you do 
and it's, it's it's looking like the same with Jones. It really does change if you if you tamper with a, a tactical system for a player. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we're going to go and talk about uh, Gravenberch next uh, on Redmen Plus. So if you use the goes deep as a club captain, sign up on redmenplus.com. You can get fifty percent off for the next three months. Uh, that code will be running out this weekend. So get yourself the code into your computer right now. They were words that would never been put together in a string of sentences before. Uh, but I'll try that again. You just go deep, 50% off for three months, redmenplus.com. The code's ending soon. Get it, get it now. Josh, thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to talking about Gravenberch with you.